you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. everybody it is friday february 11th 2022 welcome to the nfl fantasy football podcast where we've been practicing our dance moves for the halftime show i'm marcus grant alongside michael f florio producer justin is at the controls we are here on radio row at the la convention center just a couple of days before super bowl 56 and uh it's kind of been fun, man. We've had a chance to talk to some players. We'll probably roll some of those interviews in in the future. Uh, it's been a good day so far. It's, it's been a really good – it's just a good time. I mean, we, we've seen people that we know from the internet but not get really <laughs> right? ever met in person. It, it's just a cool time when all – you know, the football world kind of meets in one spot. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's been a good time down here in Los Angeles on what has been an unseasonably warm week. In fact, uh, I think I heard – they are anticipating that this could be the hottest Super Bowl on record when it kicks off. The uh, the expected temperature at kickoff is going to be around 85 degrees at SoFi Stadium. Do you think that's an advantage for the Rams? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> I think it's an advantage for everybody. Like, I think everybody likes playing in warm weather versus cold the weather. The real winner are the fans. Yes. Because you could go there in, like, shorts if you want. You right. don't, you're not freezing the whole time. You know, you'll be freezing, you know. I remember just talking to players, especially players who aren't, who didn't grow up in cold weather cities? They're like, yeah, they don't. We don't love playing in the cold. Like, <laughs> might have got you know, I might have been drafted to Green Bay, but I'm from California. Like, I don't. You know, I, I, don't I know that's it. a big thing in baseball. Like, some people struggle to go from like the warm to the cold. I, I remember that happening a couple of times. But in football, you don't really hear. I mean, in football, they don't even like to wear sleeves when right. it's cold. Right. So I don't know. We'll see. But it's gonna be warm. It's been warm all week. Should be warm on Sunday. Of course, we will talk some Super Bowl on this show. Uh, we'll talk some props. We'll uh, give you our DFS lineup for the game as well. But first, I want to start uh, with some of the big topics of the week. Uh, our last show, we didn't talk so much about some of the recent coaching hires, but there have been a few head coaches that have been uh, picked up. Dennis Allen, now your head coach with the Saints after being their defensive coordinator. Lovey Smith gets promoted to be the head coach of the Houston Texans. Doug Peterson uh, back as a head coach in the NFL. He's with the Jaguars. Mike McDaniel goes from being the 49ers offensive coordinator to now the head coach in Miami for the Dolphins. 
Wanted to talk specifically about a couple of those guys. First off, Doug Peterson, being an offensive guy, won a Super Bowl in Philadelphia, uh, now down in Jacksonville. Obviously, the number one priority is building up Trevor Lawrence to be the franchise quarterback. Do you think he is the right guy for Lawrence there? I do. I, I think he was a, a really good hire. Not that he's one of these, like, uh, up-and-coming, like, you know, super, like, sharp offensive minds. Not, not taking anything away from Doug Peterson, but I think what he brings the most is what the Jaguars were in need of, and that's stability. Like, there was none of that in Trevor Lawrence's rookie year. and I mean, he was dealt a really bad hand in, in his first season. Plus, Doug Peterson's gotten the most out of quarterbacks before. Like, Carson Wentz's best year, where he was an MVP candidate, came under Peterson. He had Nick Foles playing great after that. <laughs> Jalen Hurts played well under him. So, I, I do think it's a really good hire, specifically for Trevor Lawrence. And I think that, was, I think that had to be the thing that Shad Khan and the front office were looking at when they were making this hires because they, they know they've they've already wasted a year of Trevor Lawrence. They can't waste any more, and so they bring in a guy that, as you mentioned, has had success with quarterbacks. Um, I mean, obviously the Super Bowl winning aspect of it is nice. The Jags are a long way from there right now. Yeah. Um, but a guy that they think can build up Trevor Lawrence uh, I think had to be priority, and I do think Peterson's the guy to kind of get that going in the right direction. So curious to see sort of how that works. Similarly with Mike McDaniel, right? Obviously had a, a great year with the Niners offense. Uh, you know, you can sort of argue what you want about Jimmy Garoppolo. Fact is, the 49ers got to the NFC Championship game. They were one quarter away potentially from being in the Super Bowl. I don't really want to think about that. But <laughs> it's a similar situation in Miami. Tua Tunga Vailoa still questions as to whether or not he can be the franchise guy. Uh, you know, after seeing Mike McDaniel run the Niner offense for one year, do we think he is that guy to maybe take Tua to the next level? I think that, I mean, he has the better, best chance of really, like, who else were they going to go out that we would feel better about? That's my thing. And I actually, I feel pretty confident in Mike McDaniel. I know some people might say, oh, well, it was Kyle Shanahan running the show there. But, like, McDaniel's been working under Kyle Shanahan for over a decade now, so I'm sure he has a super strong grasp and a lot of influence on that offense. Plus, the 49ers offense is one that, one, historically is going to run through the run game. I expect to see that a lot in Miami. And also, for years, they're... They lead the league in like percentage of yards, passing yards that come after the catch. So we didn't see the quarterbacks in, in San Francisco get asked to do a whole lot. And I think that could work if they set up a similar system for Tua. Like just get Jalen Waddle the ball in space and stuff and be creative and getting your play, uh, your playmakers the ball. And don't ask Trevor, uh, Tua Tungavailoa to have to do it all. And I think that's what we'll see. I think there are a couple things that worked in San Francisco that could work in Miami. One of them, as you mentioned, is getting the ball to Jalen Waddell in space, letting him be athletic, seeing what he can do after the catch. The other part is the play-action game. And yep. that is, the, is where you saw Jimmy Garoppolo really excel is when he was play-action. When it was just a straight drop back, it could get a little bit dicey. But you get that play-action game involved and things were a lot better. And I think if you can do that with Tua with the wide receivers they have in that offense, I think you really do have something there. So I'm very curious to see what Mike McDaniel puts in. You talk about the running game being so effective there uh, in San Francisco. And look, similar to Miami, right? Like they don't have necessarily a big-time running back that you can just lean on. 
Maybe they add somebody in free agency, who knows? But even with the pieces they have, if you can be creative in the running game, I think you can get something done there. I, I think it's, I, I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but like Raheem Mostert or Jeff Wilson Jr. makes so much sense to just follow McDaniel mm-hmm. and head over to Miami. Uh, but I agree. I, I think the running game is going to be the strength of that offense. Maybe I think it'll look a little bit different because of personnel and McDaniel will want to put his own spin on things. But I'm anticipating a lot of the stuff that they ran in San Fran, which is one of the hardest offenses to stop. And trust me, I played against the Niners multiple times in Madden this week. (laughs) It is infuriating just watching them run all over you. But it's hard to stop because it's so unpredictable, and I expect a lot of that in Miami now. So we will see uh, these these new head coaches in a lot of different places. I'm sure we'll talk more about it as the offseason goes along, and especially – uh, as they start to put their staffs in place and, and we see what they got. But uh, those are some of the big names there. And, and curious to see what it means uh, for some of these young quarterbacks. In Atlanta, uh, they've got an older quarterback in Matt Ryan. And there has been some talk lately that uh, maybe they start to move on. That maybe they look for somebody else to be the franchise quarterback. But on top of it, uh, still questions about Calvin Ridley's future in Atlanta. Now, recently, owner Arthur Blank said he would love for Ridley to stay in Atlanta. Uh, he also acknowledged that, you know, he doesn't know what the future is going to be for Matt Ryan. But, you know, certainly there's been talk that maybe the Falcons are looking for his successor sooner rather than later. Um, yeah, let's let's just play hypotheticals here, right? Let's say Calvin Ridley decides he's not coming back or he's not coming back to Atlanta. Let's say they decide to move on from Matt Ryan and find another quarterback. Uh, Kyle Pitts sort of becomes the elephant in the room in this conversation. Is this good or bad? Uh, you know, if, if he doesn't have two other key pieces of that offense there next year. To me, the quarterback is the obviously like the, the big one because if he has Matt Ryan and, and say they lose Calvin Ridley but bring in someone uh, to, ple- to be their wide receiver one, I, I wouldn't be too worried there. But if we're going with like a rookie quarterback or something like that, then I think you have to start to be concerned because there's going to be growing pains there naturally. But we've already seen a half of season or so of Kyle Pitts without – uh, Calvin Ridley, and, and I know it wasn't – we can make the case that Kyle Pitts' season wasn't <laughs> as good as we want it to be. I think he was amazing, and I'm all about getting Kyle Pitts on my team next season. But we've already seen him without Calvin Ridley. We haven't seen him without Matt Ryan. So, to me, that becomes the the more worrisome one of the two. I, I think you're right. I think that's the question is who's going to be the quarterback. And, look, who knows? We could get to August, and it's still Matt Ryan. That would not be completely surprising. It would e- be equally unsurprising, though, if the Falcons went out – and drafted somebody to bring somebody else in. Now, keep in mind, this is not considered a great quarterback draft class, so that might be something to to think about, especially if you're the Falcons and you're looking to make that move. But, um, yeah, Kyle Pitts, is the he's sort of the, the big question mark right now in that offense. Um, do we think about Cordero Patterson? I feel like this year for – look, I love CP. He had a great year. I drafted him in a couple places, and I certainly took advantage of it. But I also feel like nobody is expecting – this to happen again next year with him I'm not and and he was amazing like you said but we also kind of saw him fall off as the year went on so maybe the workload was just too much for him I think that they should you know bring him back and have him be a big part of that offense again but putting up like weekly RB1 numbers like he was this year (laughs) I, I won't be able to pay that price if that is anywhere close to what it costs to get him in fantasy I think a lot of people are going to be thinking like we are though 
I'll say, though, Calvin Ridley, I'm 100% buying back in on. I'll take the discount that we're going to get. It's not like he's coming off of an injury or anything like right. that. So whether he's playing for Atlanta or elsewhere, we know how talented he is, and I think we'll get him at a discount next year. Do you think he's playing for Atlanta next year? I think he's going to get a fresh start somewhere else. Yeah, That's yeah. just the feeling I'm getting. Right. I mean, I'm with you. We have no you know, no indication one way yeah. or another. It's just, it is just a gut feeling at this point. Um. So I, I hesitated to put this in here, but I, I did anyway. Uh, Kyler Murray, somebody pointed out that on Instagram, he scrubbed all the mentions of the Cardinals, took down all the photos that had anything to do with the Cardinals. Uh, he is a Cardinal-free zone in social media <laughs> right now. I am sort of amazed and kind of disturbed by the people who go and, and scout this sort of oh, thing. Oh, yeah. I, I don't really get it. Uh, but it's to the point that even Larry Fitzgerald has sort of weighed in on this talking about he hopes uh, that the two sides can kind of come to some sort of agreement. But it's a quick quick game of hype train or smoke screen. Marcus, sorry to jump in. Did you see on Friday the Cardinals' official team account scrubbed their entire Instagram page except for two photos of Kyler Murray? So this is like a whole mind game thing. We have no idea what's going on. This feels like high school. Like, what is happening right now? You want to delete us? We're going to delete everything but you. No, the, the truth of the matter is, aren't they unveiling new uniforms in like a week? Oh, so you think, is, like, is that what this is, This baby? is building up hype for that, right? Like, yeah, he's deleting all the old uniforms, and now he's got... That, that's what I think it is. Because I was going to say, hype trainer, smokescreen, Kyler won't be in Arizona next season. But that, adds, screen, that like, adds a new wrinkle to things. Wait, he, he just had his best year. They made the playoffs. So, like, why would he want out? And then my favorite thing was when he did it. People were like... Is he going to go play baseball? You think he wants to go in the minor leagues and be riding? A, you know the minor league baseball life. You think he wants to give up the NFL life for that? Uh, not to mention, <laughs> and, and you and I have talked about this privately. Look, and I, I grew up in the Bay Area. I was an Oakland A's fan for real as a kid. Uh, it's tough to be an A's fan nowadays because they don't really keep guys. But also, I feel like what he makes now it's probably more than what the A's payroll as a whole is going to be <laughs> next season. Um, I know that you don't have to worry about Aaron Donald chasing you down twice a year if you're playing for the A's, but I don't know. I feel like this is a better deal for him. I mean, we're seeing quarterbacks routinely ask for over $40 million now. There's no way the A's can even get close to that. The A's aren't paying their whole roster $40 million. So, so yeah, he's not. He's, <laughs> maybe maybe he's like, I want out. I, I don't really believe that, but there's no chance he's playing baseball. I can't imagine that. Although, like I said, in my, my friendly text chain, uh, there are some Bay Area folks and some, some you know, part-time A's fans. And that, that topic did come up that maybe he was going to – I'm like, he's not, he's not playing what, baseball. What's more likely to happen for the Bay Area? You get Kyler Murray playing baseball or Tom Brady comes out of retirement to quarterback for the Brady. I think so, too. Brady, Brady is more likely. And I don't think that's very likely at all, but it's more <laughs> likely than Kyler going to play for the A's. I, I can't – I think if something happens to Trey Lance in, like, training camp or whatever, like, oh. that's all we're going to hear. And honestly, absolutely, I think Tom Brady would answer that call because you guys are a Super Bowl-winning team. You just need to go. They just need, just need the quarterback. The quarterback was kind of the thing that was holding them back. And, look, Tom can say he took his hometown team to a Super Bowl championship. Uh, it's a match made in heaven. Do you think if that happens, like, Jimmy G just hates Tom Brady? <laughs> <laughs> um, probably. <laughs> I would. Probably. I'd be like, you got me out of, kicked out of Boston, now you get me kicked out of here. I mean, look, I, you know, there's that, that quote about you know, Tom saying that a team – that he was interested in a team in free agency and they were going to stick with their guy. And the quote was, you're oh, sticking yeah. with this bleep. Um, <laughs> I don't know. 
there's strong speculation that it was the guy in San Francisco. That I forgot about that quote and all of that happening. That makes so much sense, though. Like, That's the speculation. No proof. Just guessing. Maybe you guys win a ring if that if that Maybe. was different. Who knows? Who knows? So, uh, all right. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We will dive headlong into Super Bowl Fifty Six. That's next on the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower. 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have... Hair plugs. I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like, check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, <laughs> hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like... say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, so we're here on Radio Row. Obviously, there's a ton of folks walking by. And uh, I see Coach Ed Orgeron, former head coach of LSU, coming by. Uh, stop by here. So come uh, come have a seat. If you, if you don't mind, Coach, please have, have a seat with us. In there, boat. Whole place is recruiting. All right. <laughs> Not much in Queens. I gotta, gotta, you got to dig in Queens. Oh, I, I love Queens. Uh, we're going. All right. Uh, we're joined by Coach Ed Orgeron, former head coach at LSU. And Coach, we appreciate the time. Uh, what, what are you up to nowadays? Man, I'm just enjoying life, uh, taking the year off, <laughs> spending with my children, going to the beach, working out, <laughs> coming to the Super Bowl. You know, normally I'd be recruiting. Mm-hmm. I watched the Super Bowl with my recruits, but um, it's a great time to come, and uh, especially this year with Joe and them having so much success, and it being in L.A. is a great time to be here. And, and you said Joe and, and Jamar, like I mean, you you won the national championship with them, and then they don't skip a beat. Like their their first year together in the NFL, they're in the Super Bowl. I'm sure you saw big things coming from them, but like, how crazy is it that to see them in the Super Bowl this quickly? It did happen quick. Um, whether they're gonna get there or not, I never doubted that. I think that them two coming together helped a bunch, but they both had the work ethic, the intangibles, and both great players. And I'm so glad to see that the coaches got it all together. And you know, you get there, no matter how you get there. And uh, those guys have to be some very good football teams, and they did. Talk about Joe a little bit because I mean, I know he transferred from Ohio State, came to you guys at LSU as a guy who. I won't say he was an afterthought, but he definitely was not on the radar. What was it about Joe uh, that kind of stood out to you that, that kind of made him the, the player he is? First of all, we needed a quarterback. And uh, 
you know, the transfer portal was available. He was a graduate transfer. We had a coach on, on my staff named Bill Bush. And I talked to him about uh, Joe Burrow. And here's what he told me. He says, Coach, if we get Joe Burrow on our team, we're going to college football playoffs. I said, go get him. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, first of um, all, I said this a bunch, and I really mean it. Joe is the smartest quarterback that I've been around. And uh, that starts everything. But he's got, you guys know, he's got the it factor, man. He's tough. He's smart. He works hard. And you can see all this stuff here. It's not going to get to his head. You know, he rebounded from that ACL injury and came back and competed. And then also he has a little knack knowing, knowing when to be entertaining, when to have fun, but the players believe in him. And we joke about it a lot on, on this podcast because all summer long after Jamar Chase took that year off, there was reports that he was struggling catching the ball and stuff in, in preseason. I mean, you you knowing him so well, like what was that like hearing that from you? Because we joke about it like, and look how great he's been. You know firsthand just how great he is. Well, you know, I knew that uh, he took a year off, so I figured maybe he's a little nervous being in the NFL. Uh, he hadn't caught the ball in the year. I didn't worry about it at all. And, him, and then again, him would be with Joe. Those guys have a tremendous connection about themselves. Uh, just look at this game on Sunday. I mean, the, the Rams defensively are a good team. They got some guys up front that can get after the quarterback a little bit. I mean, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, those guys up there. Uh, what does Joe and, and this offense have to do to be successful against them? You know, I'm not coaching, but I go to bed every night thinking about how we're going to block 99 and 40. <laughs> 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 hey, you know, and, and I'm a defensive line coach by, by heart. But what a great job that, that the Rams have done getting those guys. And uh, they're great players. Some of the best ever to play. Uh, I don't know if uh, Cincinnati's going to totally uh, shut down that pass rush. I, don't, I think that's almost impossible. But we've got to eliminate the negative plays, the sack fumbles, and the turnovers and stuff like that that will kill you. And I do believe that you have to double-team those guys. That's one less guy in the route. And find Jamar one-on-one. He's got to be Jalen Ramsey one-on-one. So, hey, you're in the Super Bowl. It's going to be tough. Tough <laughs> matchups. You, so the last time we saw Joe Burrow arriving from a game, I mean, he broke the Internet with, with that chain and the, the sweater. <laughs> do you have any insider information of what Joe Burrow is going to be wearing to the Super Bowl? <laughs> No, <laughs> no. Hey, I remember when he when he smoked that cigar. I'm sitting down there going, Joe. I'd never seen that part of it, and I knew that I knew that that was going to be a classic, that classic moment right there. You just could tell. And, and so he has the innate ability, at the right time, to take away the serious, seriousness, have fun, and be a little sizzle. So I got to ask you about uh, Justin Jefferson, too, another one of your guys that's coming out and doing big things in the NFL. And I know a lot of people said when he was drafted that he's just a slot receiver. He's kind of shown that he's more than that right now. I mean, what did you know? What did you see about Justin that kind of that let you know he was going to be uh, a, ready, a guy for the next level? You know, Justin's heart is unbelievable. His work ethic is unbelievable. And he's very, very competitive. He comes from a competitive family. Um, he was like the 2000. 250 player ranked in the country was a one or two star. You know, it goes to show you can't, you can't, you got to trust your own evaluation. He came to camp and uh, we liked what he was doing. He had some qualification issues. He got qualified and later in June, he came to us uh, uh, soaking wet at 160 pounds. <laughs> but you know, he started working hard, started learning his routes, could catch. Yeah, he's a great athlete. Uh, so proud of him. But you know, all these young men, I think that. Uh, the reason they have success is they're great character young men. 
And you got those two receivers, Joe Burrow, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, another one that, that's from your program and is just thriving in the NFL. Like, What's that like for you to, to just watch them play on Sundays now and, and just pick up where they left off? And, I mean, there has to be some bragging on your part. Yeah, right? I don't know about bragging. You know, this is about <laughs> them. It's good to see the lineage. It's good to see the process. And everyone has a different story. And I've been a part – Involved in almost all the decisions and all the practices. They all grew in different ways and stuff like that. And to see them have success, you know, you think about, talking about Clyde, Clyde Edwards there is 5'7 and something. He's going to say he's 5'8. I know he is. He's going to get mad at me for saying that. But when he walks in the room, he's 6'4. That's it. And you're going to know it. And all those guys have something special about them, but they all have to earn their way. None of them were given anything. They all had a chip on their shoulder. And I think that's what makes them great. So uh, for you, what, what is next for Coach O? Enjoy the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm not going to smoke a cigar. I tell you that. <laughs> hey, but you know what? I'm just taking it one day at a time. i got three children. I'm spending some time with them, you know, doing some things that, uh, that I haven't got a chance to do. But I am going to do something next year. I don't know what it's going to be. Uh, what is football? What is something else? But I'm not sitting at home not working. I can tell you that. <laughs> well, Coach, we appreciate your time. Uh, you know, best of luck to, to you in your future. I know you're going to be excited watching you guys play and uh, enjoy the game this week. Go Bengals. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Thanks so much to uh, Coach Ed Orgeron for stopping by. And I know it's going to be a proud moment for him watching some of his guys in the Super Bowl on Sunday. So... That feels like an easy transition to get into some of these uh, some of these Super Bowl props. Uh, I kind of pulled these from uh, our friends over at DraftKings. Uh, a handful of them that are game related and kind of fun. A handful that are uh, not necessarily game related, but but could be kind of interesting. Uh, let's start with uh, the aforementioned Joe Burrow. Uh, DraftKings right now has his projection at 274 and a half yards. Uh, what is your passing projection for uh, Joe Burrow in this one? I think he's going to top 275 passing yards. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he topped 300 in this game right. because I think this is going to be a game where the Bengals might struggle to establish the run. Uh, I, I'm expecting it to be a little bit of a back-and-forth offensive game. I, I know the Rams' D-line uh, can make life very tough, but we've already seen Joe Burrow – be able to put up good stats despite the fact like the, the Titans sacked him nine times and he still put up good numbers so uh, I think that you know he'll be taking some shots downfield to Chase and to Higgins uh, I, I think he has a pretty good game passing wise yeah I'm with you I, I'm thinking 300 yards for Joe Burrow in this one because for the reasons you mentioned I don't know that uh, there's going to be a lot of room for Joe Mixon to run the football in this one those guys up front I mean you heard uh, Coach Orgeron talking about trying to block 99 and trying to block 40 and, and trying to maybe double team those guys I think that's going to be a tough battle for the Bengals up front all day long so it may be a tough day for Joe Mixon which means we see a little bit more from Joe Burrow so if we're expecting big things from Joe Burrow let's look at the receiving yards for Jamar Chase the uh, DraftKings got that at 79 and a half uh, your projection for for Chase's receiving yards I, I'm thinking he tops 80 uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he topped 100 in this one I, I don't think he's gonna have a game where he's racking up like 
eight, nine, ten catches, something like that. But it wouldn't surprise me if he has like four or five catches for like 90 yards, 100 yards, something like that, because of what he does. I, I expect them to take a lot of shots downfield with him, especially if he's getting one-on-one coverage with Jalen Ramsey, because as good as Ramsey is, Jamar Chase is very good in his own right. So I think if you see one-on-one, regardless of who the defender is, Burrow's going to be like, I need to take some shots to chase you. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go around 80, 90 yards for uh, for Jamar Chase in this one. And I think it could be a situation where he hits one big play, yep. uh, especially. And you're right. If he is locked up on Jalen Ramsey, um, that doesn't mean you're going to get a ton of catches necessarily. But uh, if he can break loose for one big play, I think that certainly you, impacts his total. Do you think we see Ramsey shadow Chase? Because they don't usually shadow him. And, and if he doesn't, I mean, the Bengals have to get creative with him. But if he shadows him, that's tough. Yeah, I would be surprised if he does. Um, I, I know I think he's kind of said that he wants Jamar Chase. Like, he wants that battle. Um, look, and I, it would be a fun battle to watch between the two of them. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I think I think you're going to see Ramsey kind of where he normally is. And when Chase lines up there, then we'll see the two he, of them go up. He has to be on one of Chase or Higgins every play, though. I, I think. would think so. Like, he can't be on anyone else. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't imagine. I mean, maybe they put him on Tyler Boyd, but I don't I don't really yeah, see I, the, I don't see why they would do he that. He has to be on. The, they have two big playmakers in that offense. And that's, that's where you're going to want Jalen Ramsey to be. Uh, all right, let's look at some touchdown project, uh, projections for Matthew Stafford. It's actually uh, not strange, I guess, but uh, DraftKings has both uh, Burrow and Stafford at one and a half. So let's look, let's look at Stafford, though. Uh, where, where are you uh, with his touchdowns for this one? I think he throws two, potentially even three touchdowns in this game. I mean, the guy threw 40 in the regular season. I, I know Tom Brady kind of overshadows that, but he was second in the league in touchdown passes, and the fact that they have three running backs kind of shows you that they don't have one uh i don't know if they trust any of them enough when they get into the red zone or near pay dirt so i think that we're going to get matthew stafford throwing the ball quite a bit in this uh in this matchup yeah and that's actually the thing you brought it up too um daryl henderson is going to be available for this game tyler higby was placed on injured reserve so uh he's not going to be available for the rams in this one instead it'll be daryl henderson so that means they will have Cam Akers, Sony Michelle, and Henderson uh, all available. But uh, I'm going to say Cooper Cup, get, or uh, rather Matthew Stafford, has two touchdown passes in this one. Uh, maybe one to Cooper Cup. Maybe one to who knows? Uh, Odell. Maybe Odell. Maybe Odell gets a gets a Super Bowl touchdown. That would be fun. That would be interesting if he uh, he gets a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Uh, so let's go to Cooper Cup though. Um, projected receptions for Cooper Cup. DraftKings has it at eight and a half. Um, does he does he get more or less uh, in your projections? That's a big number. I, I I I feel weird going against Cooper Cup. I think I would go less than eight and a half catches because I, I think he has a big game. I think he tops a hundred yards. I, I think he scores a touchdown, maybe two, but nine catches is a lot. And I know he's he's done it a bunch this year. And I know every game he's get double digit targets. But they're clearly going to be game planning on trying to limit Cooper Cup. So. I think he still has a big game, but I think he it comes with like on a big play, not like you know he's just torching them all game long. See, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go the other way. I, I think he gets double digit catches in this one, uh, and I think what you're gonna see early on is the Rams just trying to get the ball in his hands some way or another. That maybe they're not trying to push it downfield early on. Uh, maybe it's a lot of underneath stuff, a lot of intermediate stuff, just to get him involved in the flow of the game. Uh, and then maybe later, if they can find somewhere to uh, to maybe pop a few passes downfield, I think we see that a little bit. But I do think 
Uh, I think he's going to catch a lot of passes in this one. I think he may be in the running for MVP. I don't know if he wins it, but he, you know, it may be the kind of situation where we're talking fourth quarter and we're like, eh, Cooper Cup might be in the in the run for it. He he should have won the regular season MVP, in my opinion. If I had a vote, I would have voted for Cooper Cup. But uh, Super Bowl MVP definitely on the table for him. Which he got Offensive Player of the Year, which feels like the consolation prize. He was one of three finalists for MVP, which I guess is just cooler because when's the last time a receiver was even a finalist for MVP? Yeah, it's been a while. But, yeah, I, I feel like because it's become a quarterback award, it's like MVP is, like, the best quarterback, and then we'll give Offensive Player of the Year to, like, somebody else. And then I feel bad because our boy Jonathan Taylor is left without an award. Right, exactly. <laughs> so it, it, it kind of sucks for, for non-quarterbacks in the league. Um, okay, last game-related one. Scrimmage yards for Joe Mixon. DraftKings has it at 92 and a half. Uh, we both talked about how it might be tough for them to establish the run. Uh, I suspect you may be going under there. Uh, I'm going to go with, with the under there because uh, the establish the run, like the, the Rams' strength is their D-line. The Bengals' weakness is their O-line. So that right there doesn't help Joe Mixon. And then my original thinking was like they have been throwing him the ball more. Maybe we get a lot of dump-offs. But the, the Bengals are in a team that is going to pepper – you know, just a whole bunch of little screen passes or anything like that. They're trying to take their shots down deep. And we've seen Mixon have 50-yard catches already, but I'm not confident he gets one of those in the Super Bowl. So because of that, I'll say less less than for No, I'm with you on that one, too. I, I think he gets fewer. I just don't think he's going to run the ball effectively. And on top of it, they're really mixing in Samaj P. Ryan. Mixing in. Oh, ah, you like there. that? <laughs> uh, yeah, Samaj P. Ryan is getting some love in the passing game, too. So maybe that takes a couple of targets away from him. Um so I, I, I don't think we're going to get a huge game out of Joe Mixon in this one. So uh, I'm, I'm going to go less there, too. Uh, all right. Here's some of the, the non-gameplay ones. The old standby. Coin toss. You going heads or tails? Heads. Because everyone says tails never fails, but tails failed the Bills against the Chiefs. Tails <laughs> failed the Bengals against the Chiefs. So tails has been failing all playoffs. Give me heads. Uh, I'm going to... I'm gonna I'm gonna go with this this tried and true. I'm gonna go with tails, um, even though yes, it, it has not worked out for a lot of teams. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with that one. Will someone perform a brand new song at halftime? Uh, I want to say yes because I hope that we get like a new Kendrick album and maybe he plays something off of it. But I I don't think so. I think there's too many hits. And what do they get like 15 minutes between right. the five of them? I I think there's just and they said there might be a surprise too. How? Like yeah. They're like How? I, Dr. Dre was like, there might be a surprise too that we bring out, and I'm like, Fifty Cent maybe, but <laughs> I, I I just think there's too many people and not enough time for there to be a new song. Yeah, um, I, I wanted to say, here's the thing. I think the dark horse to do a new song is probably like Eminem. Um, <laughs> he, I mean, this is the time of year where he normally just releases an album without right. saying anything. Like a lot of times, he'll just put he'll put like a video out on Twitter. It's like, wait, I didn't know anything <laughs> was happening. Um, so I'm gonna say him. And he puts out a new song at halftime, especially because you know, we were talking recently about, you know, we figured he plays Lose Yourself. And we couldn't think of another possible song yeah. that would work. I mean, him. maybe like Without Me, maybe. But like all of his songs, I feel like are bad for that sort of venue. Right. So maybe this is a chance for him to, to debut something new. It probably wouldn't go over very well. It probably would not go over very well. <laughs> uh, and then the last one, and you, you laughed at this uh, because you said this was the easiest answer of all. Will Snoop smoke on stage during the halftime show? Yes. I mean, <laughs> yes. It's Snoop Dogg in L.A. where it's legal to do. It's his home city. Yes. Like, like I, I mean, I would be surprised if he did it. 
Uh, yeah. I was, <laughs> I was really trying to, like, do some mental gymnastics and be like, well, maybe. Like, no. Even if they were like, you can't do that, he's Snoop Dogg. He's Dog. going, what are they going to do? Pull him off the stage? <laughs> no. So, yeah, that's probably going to happen. That's probably going to happen. Uh, all right. So, of course, uh, we've been putting together some DFS lineups. We did a showdown lineup. I feel we do a showdown lineup uh, for the Super Bowl. Uh, so we get the captain that gets one and a half times the points. Did we do the flex players after that? So uh, who did you put together for your showdown lineup? So I went with my captain of, of Matt Stafford because I was able to save a little bit and, and still get Cooper Cup as my first flex. I wanted that stack in there, so I, I went with that route just to save a little money. Then I wanted to get Burrow as well because I feel like if it's going to be we're saying we think it's a lot of passing. I want both quarterbacks there. I couldn't get his top receiver in chase, so I went with T. Higgins. Uh, and then I got the Rams' defense because even if they're giving up a lot of points, if they're getting like eight, nine sacks, it's going to be a lot of fantasy points. And then I had no money left. I might <laughs> say this name wrong. I went with the Skowronek. 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 Ben Skowronek. I, I always mess up that name. It's hard for me to say, but he was up 600 bucks, so I All figured, right. hey, maybe he gets one target. So you actually were able to get two quarterbacks in there. I, I was not able to the way I, I put my lineup together. So I went with T. Higgins as the captain because I did want to save some money there off the top. Uh, so then my flexes, I did go Cooper Cup because why not? Uh, Joe Burrow at my other flex. But I was able to get uh, Jamar Chase in there. So I did get so you the, got the two. trio there. I did. I got the, the kind of the triple stack, I guess. I actually, I guess I went even deeper than that if I, I keep going. But uh, I got the top two receivers in there. Uh, I did put Sony Michelle in there just because I feel like when they get near the goal line, he might be the guy they go to so you can get that rushing touchdown upside. Uh, and then at that point, I was pretty much out of money too. <laughs> so I went with Trent Taylor, who uh, caught a two-point conversion against the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. I felt like maybe if the Bengals get a little tricky, Decided to do something different. Yeah. Maybe it's Trent Taylor that gets a look. I mean, hey, if if Ramsey's taking away Chase or Higgins every play, I mean, hey, maybe that opens up some stuff for Taylor. Maybe Trent Taylor ends up being a surprise player and uh, makes a big play. There's usually one every Super Bowl. Always one. Yeah. Absolutely always one. So now that we've gone through all of that, we're getting ready to wrap this thing up. We got to go. If there's nothing left to do, give me your winner, give me your score, and give me your MVP. The win, so for me, the score was the hardest one. I think the Rams pull this off. I know the Bengals are the team of destiny right now, it feels like, but the Rams have so many uh, superstars at such key positions. Like like Donald is saying we're going to be world champs. I, I think they do get the job done. I think the MVP for the score, I'm thinking something like 27-20, maybe 27-21 in that range. Um, and then I think the MVP... For me, I'm going to say Cooper Cup, but I think it's either going to be Cup or Aaron Donald. Like, I mean, those two are going to be such difference makers on both sides of the ball that whichever one makes the bigger impact late in the game, I think ends up winning the MVP. Well, I'm going to say I think this is the Bengals' year. I think they finally get their first Super Bowl win. Uh, I say it, I'm going to call it 27-24 on, a, on an Evan McPherson field goal. Maybe not, maybe not at zero, but pretty close to the fitting. end. That Evan McPherson kicks a field goal right at the end, and uh, Joe Burrow will be smoking another cigar after he takes home the MVP award this year. If the Bengals win, I think Joe Burrow is locked to get the MVP. I would think so. Like I, I don't know how they win if he doesn't have a big game. I just don't think it's possible. For, for me, I'm worried. If I'm the Rams, I'm worried about it being close because I think the ba- if it's a close game, Joe Burrow's money in those situations, Evan McPherson is money in those situations. I think, though, if it's a blowout, I think the Rams will be the one on that side of it. I think that's fair. 
I don't. I don't think the Bengals blow out the Rams. Yeah, I, I can't see that. Ha- I, I could see it the other way, being a little lopsided. Right. And honestly, if I'm the Rams, I get a little worried if I have a, a decent sized lead at halftime because it feels like the Bengals. That's where the Bengals want you to be. The, yeah. It. Is, I, I mean, they had the Chiefs were three scores up on them, mm-hmm. and, and it just didn't matter. Uh, it, Sean McVay, if I remember correctly, has only lost one time in his career when he's been leading at halftime, and I think it was to the 49ers. The 49ers in uh, Week 18. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is also an interesting matchup because you got, uh, I won't say student and teacher, but Zach Taylor was on Sean McVay's staff just a couple years ago before he got the Bengals job. And actually, what is it? I think uh, Zach Taylor's, what, 30. 436 and he is the older of the two head coaches uh, in <laughs> the, this matchup. The Sean McVay coaching tree. I know it was a joke a couple years ago. Like anyone who's ever worked with Sean McVay oh, is getting stood a job. You next to him for like 15 minutes, you got a head coaching job. It's been a pretty successful coaching tree. It really has worked out pretty well. I honestly like you look uh you go back to that Washington staff when you had Kyle Shanahan and you had uh, Matt LaFleur and you had Sean McVay. It's been a pretty successful group. Mike McDaniel group. I think was on that staff as well. It's been a pretty successful group. I will say this. Them. Better coaching tree than the Bill Belichick coaching tree. <laughs> has, besides Mike Vrabel, is there anyone no. who's really, yeah, like. No, hasn't worked out except for Vrabel. That's it. Coach of the year. Yep. Producer Justin called that Justin, one. Yep, man, you got it. You got it. Your coach was, uh, was the coach of the year. So there you go. That is our look at Super Bowl 56. Should be a whole lot of fun. And, uh, of course, we'll talk about it uh, when it is all over. we get back to you uh, next week. Anytime. That'll do it for this edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. Stay happy, safe, and healthy. Get vaxxed, wear a mask. Do good, live well, enjoy the Super Bowl, and we'll talk to you next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.